Welcome to Crop Watch Podcast, a production of Nebraska Extension. Welcome to the Crop Watch Podcast. I'm Michael Sindelari, a cropping systems extension educator. For today's uh, Crop Watch Podcast, we'll be talking about soybean seedling diseases. I'm going to be joined today by Dr. Tamara Jackson Zins. Tamara, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more and what your role at the university is? Absolutely. Uh, I've been at the university now for 14 years in the position of an extension plant pathologist with responsibilities for corn diseases, more recently uh, for soybean diseases too. And so I have statewide responsibility and enjoy working with all of our producers and crop consultants and ag business representatives. So we're talking about soybean seedling diseases. Did our problems or the problems that we'll be facing this year, did they start this year or are we inheriting something from last year? There's probably a little bit of both. That's a complicated uh, response, but there's a few things going on. In the last several years, we've probably had a few more problems with some of our seedling diseases, a few in particular like Phytophthora that really require some attention from us year after year. But this past year, there were some particular problems during the growing season, especially during the fall, that actually impact us for this year. And so, namely, there were some late season diseases that developed because of the extended cool, wet period that we had during our growing season. And also that in other states where most of our soybean seed are produced, like in Iowa and uh, Illinois. And because of the problems they experienced, we want to take some precaution this year for our own soybean seed to make sure that our producers don't experience additional problems this spring. What are we looking for or what can we do, as you said, taking extra precautions with our seed, what do we want to start out with seed-wise? I know maybe we're, we're answering the question as something ahead of time, but sometimes it's nice to know right off the bat what step one would be. Absolutely. Uh, some of our viewers may have noticed that we had a CropWatch article come out in mid-February, I think on the 13th, where we talked about some early realization that we had some problems with soybean seed quality and germination rates. That information came to us from the Nebraska Crop Improvement Association as well as the Illinois Crop Improvement Association where they released data showing that soybean seed germination rates were reduced compared to what you might normally see in some of those years. Now some of that was the result of the diseases I mentioned earlier that came late in the season last year. For example, Phomopsis seed decay. We see a little bit of that every year, but in 2018, there was quite a bit more of it. It was more widespread. And unfortunately, the pathogen that causes that can be seed borne and it can affect quality in seed the following spring. And so that's something in particular we want to make sure people are aware of. And although germination is not affected in all of our seed, there's uh, a significant percentage that might be. And so, for instance, as much as 70%, excuse me, as much as 10% of our seed that was tested, tested below 70% germination rate. And that would be important for our producers to know. And you can get that information right on the tag on your seed bag as an indication of what that seed lot tested at. And if it is 
less significantly less than what you were expecting, it, it might mean increasing seeding rate of that seed lot or considering a soybean seed treatment fungicide package. So what exactly would we be looking for early in this season or what is conditions setting up for us to pay attention to and scout a little bit more for? few things I, I think I would want to remind everyone about and so it's important to consider the disease history that you've got in your field or fields and it might not be the same in all of them and it's important to know which disease or diseases you've had a problem with and so for example Phytophthora is probably the best example in soybean. Phytophthora is one of a couple of different types of pathogens that we call oomycetes or water molds and that means that they have to have wet conditions to become active and the last couple of springs we've had some pretty wet conditions and thus we've seen more pythium and phytophthora. Well, in particular, phytophthora can be especially damaging because it's not just a seedling disease. It can also infect older plants in the middle or even toward the end of the season and kill them. But management can start at the beginning or even before the season starts, and we're fortunate to have a number of different management strategies for Phytophthora. Phytophthora, for instance, uh, we have resistance to that in our major soybean varieties that are available and resistance to specific races. And so, for instance, you might have heard of RPS genes. That's specifically what we're referring to. RPS1C, RPS1K, those are probably the two most common options for RPS genes, but they're not effective against all the races. And so they're also not effective immediately upon planting and germination. It takes a little bit of time, a few days to a couple of weeks before that's going to protect the seed and the seedlings from Phytophthora. And so if Phytophthora is a really serious problem for you, you're also going to want to consider tolerance to that disease. And tolerance is similar to resistance, but it's not as effective, but it's effective against all the races. And so a combination of a resistant soybean variety with tolerance is probably your best bet. On top of that, though, we do have seed treatment fungicides that can do a good job against Phytophthora. Uh, products containing active ingredients like metalaxyl, mephanoxum, or ethoboxum have been very effective against Phytophthora. But if you're going to go that route, just know that it'll take the higher rates of metalaxyl or mephanoxum to be effective against Phytophthora. With that said, those products that are effective against the oomycetes are not effective against other types of soybean seedling diseases. And so the others that we might be concerned about, like Rhizoctonia or Fusarium, would require an additional seed treatment fungicide from a different class with a different mode of action to be effective. And much of this information is in our 2019 guide for weed disease and insect management. And a couple of those pages were highlighted and shared during that February 13th article. Looking at our, our seedling diseases that are out there, are there some that prefer uh, what warm conditions, whereas other ones require what cold, or are there combinations, or are some of them all the above? Uh, some of them are all the above, unfortunately, and so in general, I think the cool, wet conditions are probably higher risk than the 
warmer conditions. And for instance, uh, we know of several different pythium species that infect soybean or, and corn too. We know now that some of those species actually prefer warmer conditions instead of cooler conditions, and others prefer it cooler. In general, in the northern climates, we think that it's more common for the cooler uh, favoring Pythium species to be the ones that are that we're dealing with and so uh, those conditions are especially ones that I would be concerned about but anything that's going to impact or slow down the germination and emergence of our seed and so uh, I would keep that in mind and try to reduce overall stress to the seed to reduce the chance of seedling diseases. You know, one thing that I don't think I mentioned were the types of symptoms people can watch for, for various seedling diseases. And so the most common one would be symptoms that would impact plant emergence or germination. And so if you see skips in your stand at emergence, and, and that could happen with individual plants, or it could also happen with clumps or uh, low and low areas of the field for instance where it was wetter longer and if you see those skips it's it's not too much work to take your spade or your shovel and try to dig where a, a seedling should be and see if you can find it and take a closer look at it and see if you have any evidence of of rotted roots or uh, discoloration that might indicate a, a seed seedling disease problem. Are there any symptoms that we should be looking at on our seedlings when they emerge for, for disease indications? Similarly, you know, any discoloration or evidence of stunting, um, or you might see wilting or discoloration. And the unfortunate part is some of those, some of those seedling sim disease symptoms are pretty fleeting. They're not gonna last very long. Some of them might kill the plant very quickly and you might not have a chance to find them. So you may see a dead plant uh, there in the ground, but not all seedling diseases necessarily kill plants. Some of those plants may survive. They may always be stunted and always be infected and might not compete the best versus it's their neighbors. And so uh, I, I would watch for those symptoms and you might have to make a judgment call if a large area of the field is affected. So that would be something like Pythothera that may not be as obvious as a seedling, but you come back later in the season and you're starting to really see those symptoms throughout the, the plant and it makes it easier to diagnose it. Exactly. And there's really nothing else you can do later on in the season. We can't apply a foliar fungicide to turn that around. And you just need to make mental note of which fields were affected. I, I really think it's a good idea to submit a sample to the plant and pest diagnostic clinic too for confirmation because many of the diseases we work with have very similar symptoms and you want to make sure that you know which one so that you can make careful selections of your soybean varieties and uh, that'll that'll mean better management in the future. So how would rotation work in managing this disease? Knowing that the majority of producers here do a two-year rotation between corn and soybeans. Is rotation an answer? Well, for, for most diseases and, and most pests in general, we do recommend crop rotation. Unfortunately, the pathogens that cause seedling diseases are those that are soil-borne, though, and all of them have some special spore stage that is a survival structure. It may have a thick wall, but it's meant to help them survive 
harsh conditions like drought and even predation by some invertebrate species. And so in general, these, these pathogens are going to out-survive whatever rotation that we have for them. And in fact, some of them can infect both corn and soybean or some of the other common crops we would rotate with. So rotation is not usually going to be that beneficial for seedling diseases. It would also be a good idea to consider other ways of reducing stress that people might not have thought of. We know now that herbicide injury can actually predispose some of these seedlings to seedling diseases. And so there is a complex interaction there that we're just beginning to understand, as well as a potential impact on soybean cyst nematode on other diseases. And uh, we knew that for sudden death syndrome, for instance, but it's becoming more evident that soybean cyst nematode can impact seedling diseases. And so making sure you select resistant varieties for SCN too may be important. So this would be another good year since the soybean board did fund the testing for soybean seed nematode that if, if you have a field that's spotty or you're starting to see skips, it may be a good idea just to submit another free sample to the diagnostics lab to see if you may have soybean nematode. Absolutely, especially if your yields are not hitting what you're expecting them to and you've ruled out other causes for that. Uh, this being a free, it's, it's about a $20 value per location and we request that you submit those to the plant and pest diagnostic clinic there at UNL on East Campus. All right. Anything else important? Yes, I guess lasting comment would be if you are making seed treatment decisions for soybean, consider that the diseases that you've had in the past and that some of your seed coming in may be carrying something that you haven't had before, like Phomopsis. And if you're selecting a uh, a package of seed treatments, make sure that the one you select also has good activity against Phomopsis seed decay for 2019. And you'd look that information up in the guide for weed, insect, and disease management. And if you need to purchase one or more, those are available through the UNL marketplace, I think for $15 online. Thank you for sharing that with us today, Tamara. Absolutely. I appreciate being on here. Have a great growing season. You too.